urban of, relating to, characteristics of, or constituting a city. Creep. A distressing sensation like that caused by the creeping of insects over one's flesh, especially the feeling of apprehension or horror. Here are your hosts, J.B. Heyer and Caitlin O. Welcome to Urban Creeps. Konnichiwa, Creeps. My name is J.B. Heyer, and I am joined by Caitlin O. That's me. And once again, you have found yourself on the creepiest corner in town at Urban Creeps, the mostly weekly podcast where we talk about urban legends and local legends and all other types of bizarre things we find on the internet. I think there's something that you wanted to address from last week. I realized after the fact that I had made a comment suggesting that Full Metal Jacket was a prison movie, and I would just like to clear up the fact that I understand that it's not. Not at all. Did you mean Shawshank? Yeah, I think I was thinking Shawshank and then went to Full Metal Jacket, and there was no real reason for that connection, because Full Metal Jacket has absolutely nothing to do with prison. On a different note, before we get started, I would like to say that if any of you enjoy horror movies and being grossed out by gore, there is a movie on Netflix called Terrifier, and it's just a picture of a clown. It looks terrifying. You know, it is. Very weird. It's weird as shit. I've only seen the pictures. I refuse to watch the previews. I stopped watching it halfway through, and... You did? Yeah. I used to watch, like, autopsy videos and eat lunch. Why? So they're interesting. We watched the entire autopsy series. Oh, that was a good series. Yeah, it's cool. Actually, yeah, watch that. On HBO. But don't watch Terrifier because it's terrifying, but it's a shit ton of gore. Are they just trying to shock you? Is that what the problem is? I don't know. It's it's weird as fuck, man. Like, I kind of want to watch it, but I don't. And for whomever I share a Netflix account with, if you go and play it right now, the scene that I turned it off is just disturbing. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> Watch so, it be their parents. <laughs> urban Legends, then. Yeah, it might be. It might be subtitled. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't hear so good. They don't. They read good. Anywho, Legends. That's why we're here. So I'm going to go ahead and go first? No, I think, as usual, we have a method to the madness. I've devised a plan. I thought that this was suggested by a listener. Because it was. Well, we had a listener idea, so I've devised a plan. <laughs> I literally just said that. We had a listener idea. And was so it a I, listener? Yes. Well, I we had a listener idea. Who sent us. Sent us an email. So we had a listener send us an email. email. About what are we doing with it? I'm going to punch you so hard. I was just going to uh, throw this anybody? giant glass thing at your face. All right. So we That'd had be a, a whole nother meaning to he has a glass jaw. So we got an email from, from a, a listener. listener. I'm going to punch you so hard in the net. So we got an email from a listener who told us that we should. I hate this so much. It's cute. So a listener sent us an email. Uh, damn it. So a listener. <laughs> so a listener sent us an email suggesting that we should take small pieces of paper write numbers on them, and then put them into a jar. 
However, we are destitute and ridiculous as <laughs> opposed no to getting a jar. We've got a candle. That's half burnt out. Yet. It's not lit, though, so the paper is fully functioning. Also, it's like the Yankee candle, so it's big. Except it's like the TJ Maxx version, so it's just holiday time candle. Yeah, and they spell time like T-Y-M-E. <laughs> hipsters. So man. cheap. So. Anywho. So, we have a bunch of numbers written on pieces of paper, and we're going to draw. But, we thought we'd put a little spin on it, and we're going to guess the numbers before we draw them, and whoever's closest to their number. So, we're going to guess a number. Yes. And then draw blindly. Yes. And in order to draw, I have this mask that completely covers up your eyes, so there's no way you could see. I can only see your eyes. It covers literally everything except your eyes. You just want something to eat. Oh, dear God. So, All right, you ready? on this paper, I really hate that mask. In the infamous words of Taylor Swift, shake it up. Off. Shake it off. I don't listen to that. <laughs> so, the <laughs> shake papers... It up. Shake, shake it, up. it up! Let's do it. So, there are numbered 1 through 12. Mm. All right, do you want to guess your number first? 7. All right, draw. All right, I'm going to guess... <laughs> I'm gonna guess three. I can't get my hand in the hole. <laughs> oh, oh! I got three. Well, that means there's a one in twelve shot that I got seven. What'd you get? Holy shit! No! <laughs> How oh, did that shit. even happen? That's crazy. We both drew the number that we guessed. All right. Well, fuck it. Rock paper scissors. Holy shit, dicks! That's crazy. Are you ready? I really want you to take that mask off. That's what she said. What? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah I would imagine so. <laughs> yes! Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yes! Well, without further ado, please share with us your tale. What um, if I just told you a cute story about my cat? Okay. One time, Tater Tot was walking down the street. The cat's name's Tater Tot. Oh my gosh, there she is! What if we got a leash from her, though, but really? No. So, dim the lights, cue the creepy music, and I present to you the Wild Rose. In medieval Europe, there was a beautiful woman who lived by the river. Her name was Eliza Day, and it was said by all who knew her that she was as beautiful as the wild roses that grew down by the river in her town. News of her beauty spread for miles. One day, a man came to town, knocked on Eliza's door, and when he saw her, he immediately fell in love with her. She fell in love with him on the spot, yet the two of them were only together for three days. The first day of their love was when the man visited Eliza at her house. Eliza was full of joy and excited for the courting to come from her newfound gentleman caller. On the second day, the man returned to her house. He gave her a single red rose, told her she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen, and they lay together for the first time. Before leaving for the night, the man asked Eliza if she knew where the roses grew by the river and if she could meet him there the next day. She said she knew the spot well, and they agreed to meet at the river by the beautiful blood-red roses. On the third day, the man met Eliza by the river amongst the red roses. She was carefree and happy, enjoying the beautiful day with her new love. 
Eliza turned to look out on the river and at the roses people used to describe her beauty. She felt content and happy in that moment, especially when the man came up behind her, held her in his arms, and kissed her passionately. As she looked out on the water, the man whispered from behind her, All beauty must die, and struck her in the back of the head several times with a rock. <laughs> As blood ran down her head and face, he placed her body in the water and put a single red rose between her teeth. Her body sank to the bottom of the river, never to be found. The man disappeared and was never seen again. The people were so saddened by Eliza's lost love and death that they began calling her the Wild Rose. Since that day, and even now, local townspeople claim they have seen the ghost of Eliza strolling the riverside with blood running down her face, covering her once legendary beauty, and clutching in her hand the single red rose her love left her with. The end. Well, damn, that's kind of fucked up. Right? So he just basically went on a series of Tinder dates with her and then beat her to death with a fucking rock. Yeah. I mean, they think of how fast this relationship moves. Day one, they meet. Day two, they bang. Day three, he kills her. Meanwhile, this poor girl just just thinking she's found it. Yeah. Well, how old was she? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, what year I was I would it? imagine young. Well, let's hear the origin. What would you well, find on that? So there are no real variations that I found. The only differences I found in stories are either it took place in Ireland or just medieval Europe. So what time frame's medieval Europe? Thank you for asking, because I actually looked it up. Medieval times were between 500 and 1500 AD. All right, so... so sometime in there. From what I could gather, the origin of this story was in medieval times. It's been around for a very long time. It's a very old Irish folklore. Okay. Um, the meanings are interesting because there's a lot of speculation, mostly, honestly, let's be honest, comments on the internet from people. But a lot of people had interesting takes on this story. Okay. Um, there's the obvious meaning. Don't trust strangers. Get to know people before falling in love with them. But also the fact that love can either lead to joy or sorrow, and there's always the chance that you take on love. I like that one the best. Mm -hmm. I think it reflects how we all feel internally about mm -hmm. taking a chance on relationships, especially because you don't want to get hurt. Yes. Or in this case, bludgeoned to death with a <laughs> fucking rock. Right. So it brings a whole new meaning to swiping left. What? Tender. You swipe left when you're not feeling it. Yeah. So she should have just swiped him to the left and shut yeah, her door. Correct. Of her mud hut. Because let's be honest, it was medieval Europe. Yeah, well, I don't have enough knowledge to <laughs> dispute that. So I'm going to say... It's true. 70% just <laughs> mud him kind in of the a fucking hut. face. And like, Sorry, bruh. Get. Interesting. Get going. Get. <laughs> so actually, there's a song written by an Australian singer, Nick Cave, and yeah, Nick Cave, do you know the Bad him? Seeds. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote a song about this called "Where the Wild Roses Grow." Oh, cool! Sing it. Featuring Kylie Minogue. Who's that? I can't get you out of my head. Think well, about. Don't sing the whole song. Because oh. that's like a thing. She's you'd know her if you saw her. She's like a redheaded Australian singer. Oh, pop like, singer. Okay. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So, 
Cool. So he, awesome. Yeah, and basically this song tells the in- entire story of Eliza Day. Oh, neat. Yeah, but it's an interesting take on it because when he sings the part, it's the version from the guy's side, yeah. and then Kylie Minogue sings a verse, and it's her side. So it's like he sings about day one from the man's side, and she sings about day one from her side. And then mm-hmm. they each sing about day two, and they each sing about day three. Um. So a comment that was left by a user, first of all, it's a really slow, ominous song, and the first comment on YouTube was, I like to put this on in the middle of parties. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was fantastic. But also someone had posted that, and I like this interpretation the best, especially based on the fact that the guy whispers, all beauty must die. But So based on the time of this, it was medieval times, you think about what was important then, virtue, all that kind of stuff. Wait, is that medieval? Time, like T-Y-M-E? T-H-Y-M-E? Herb. 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 But based on the time, you know, way back when, it was all about, especially for women, purity, virginity, virtue. Also, probably getting married young and, Mm -hmm. you know, bearing a child. Exactly. Bearing a child. So based on the time that this story took place, she was most likely a virgin, but then once they were together, day two she was no longer pure. So he could be killing her to preserve her in that moment because, like you said, she'll get older, she'll have babies, she'll lose that innocence, and she'll never be as beautiful as she was in that moment that he first saw her. I mean, that's kind of romantically disturbing. It is. If you want to talk about possible morals of the story or cultural themes to prevent wrongdoing... Let's be honest, some Irish dads might have created this legend to prevent young girls from giving up their virtue to smooth-talking men. Yeah, that could go all types of different ways, really. Mm -hmm. I like the one best about him killing her to preserve her, because, like you said, it's dark, but it's also... That's very similar to, like, the Rose concept of the Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Well, the the idea that... At any given moment, could be our last, mm-hmm. and that beauty is temporary, as is life, as is youth. So perhaps the moral of that story would be, appreciate what you have, but recognize that once it's gone, it's gone. And I think it speaks to as well, I mean, you talk to anybody, and there's definitely a different feeling at the beginning of a relationship than the end. Um. Well. Thus, Eliza Day, the tragic, tragic girl. Who should have swiped left, but instead swiped right and caught a rock to the dome, and now she's dead like a light. Would medieval Tinder be like a bunch of guys ride up on horses and you just point the horses left or right? What? Like a girl standing there and a bunch of guys ride up on horses and you either point left or right. Like, go stand in my yes pile or go home. I think it's like you have a rock, and if they say no, you hit them with a rock. Or you say, hey, look at that guy. He doesn't have the black death. I'll marry him. And he's like, cool, here's a rose. And you're like, I heard this story, but also everybody's got plague. <laughs> so I'm going to go hang out with this guy. And then he's like, oh, beauty must. And you're like, nope. Well, that was Eliza Day. What do you have for us? I kind of have decided to lean back more to some of the older legends that have inspired me. Now, this one feeds on your fears of being alone and never truly knowing if you are, in fact, alone. Mm-mm. Uh, a joke by one of my favorite cryptic keepers perhaps shall settle you. She told me she'd look good in something long and flowing. 
So I threw her in the Mississippi. (laughs) 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 Fucking killing it. The Crypt Keeper. Love that guy. So I present my tale. The Ankle Slasher. It had been a long day at the mall, she said to herself, thinking that it was particularly busy today. Her car was parked a good distance from the fluorescent lights of big business and hot eats, and once again her fears of darkness erupted into her mind as she arrived at the door that led into the parking garage. She stared for a second at the poorly illuminated garage and watched lights dance and play with each other, turning off and on. Get over it, you baby, she said to herself, and pushed on the glass door, out of the safety of the mall and into the parking garage. She carried quite a few bags of clothes and items she had purchased, so she had to readjust her grip a few times. The parking lot was seemingly empty, with only a few cars left, and that dead silence we've all heard before. The sound you hear while waiting for another sound. Crazy, she thought, but not crazy enough to decide not to walk faster. Looking around, she didn't see her car, and she began to panic. Was it A2 or A1, she thought. Suddenly, a loud thud emanated from behind her. Or was it in front of her? She wasn't certain, given the acoustics of the garage, but it sounded close and yet far. Her skin crawled and her heart began to pick up steam. She sat down her belongings and began pushing the lock button on her car remote. Two beeps sounded, the sweet sound of comfort. She picked up her items and as she turned the corner, she saw her 1998. Thank God, I have to get out of here. She arrived at her car and pulled the keys out of her purse, but as she did so, she heard another thud. This one was louder and closer. She stopped and looked around. Dead silence. As she went to plug the keys into the car, she fumbled. For fuck's sake, she cried as they fell to the floor. Sitting her bags down, she reached out and grabbed her keys. As she placed them into the lock, she heard another thud and turned around quickly to see nothing, no one, just silence. Suddenly, she felt a searing pain burst into her ankles, sending her spiraling towards the ground, writhing in agony. As she turned around and grabbed her ankles, she slid away from the car. She noticed blood began seeping out from behind her hands. As she began to scream, a face emerged from underneath the car. He slid out towards her, brandishing a bloody knife and a grin on his face. He had cut her Achilles tendons and watched as she lay helpless on the ground. He laughed, knelt down, and grabbed her purse and keys. As he rifled through her purse, he pulled out her wallet and looked at it for a while. Taking the money out of her wallet and stuffing it into his pocket, he held her purse for some time. After staring at it, he retrieved her ID and held it in his hands. With her ID in his hand, he leaned over whispered, I'll be seen. He ran off into the night, and she was left alone in dead silence. I hate everything about that story. Yeah. Except for the shopping part. The dead silence ankle creeper. Ankle slasher man. Yeah. Well, imagine if she would have had cankles. He would have had his work cut out for him. No! <laughs> I see what you did there. Thanks. So, give that ankle like a nip tuck yeah good show <laughs> season one and two yeah so variations the victim is always female mm-hmm. and the assailant is always male robbery is usually the motive for attack 
but gang initiation became very prevalent, and in some cases, uh, sexual assault. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, when it was sexual assault, the victim was often dragged back under the car where the deed was taking place. How tall is this car? Oh, I'll get to that. And, I mean, have you ever seen, like, a CJ Cruiser or a truck truck? Have you ever seen a Jetta? Those things, their well, bellies scrape the ground like a fat Ford cat. Focus? Why would you drive that? When the attack is part of a gang initiation, in some versions, the victim's instinctive reaching down to clutch the injured ankle gives the gang member the opportunity to cut off one of her fingers as proof of the deed. So, origins. Don't you want to know if it's real or not? Please tell me it's not. Well, despite the many places that this legend has been, there is no verifiable incidence of this having ever happened. Thank God. However, that's not really surprising, as most cars sit very low to the ground, making it extremely difficult for anyone to hide underneath them, and yet retain enough freedom of movement to both slash the driver's ankles, get out from underneath the vehicle, and then run off. So imagine... Some nerd sat down and probably calculated this entire scenario and was like, nope. <laughs> this isn't plausible. This is an urban fallacy. So moreover, if an assailant is looking for a place to conceal himself, that would be you creeps, perhaps. No. Why not crouch behind the car? Because you, know? you can't reach the ankles well, from all the way underneath. Right, but then you, you just throw a camo blanket over and then when they get in, just bum rush them. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. I'm shocked to see you there. That camo hid you so well. In a parking garage. That camo toe. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So robberies, sexual assault, and abductions have taken place have taken place in shopping mall parking lots. But until November two thousand eight, no situations had ever appeared where the assailants were lying in wait underneath the victim's vehicle. So in two thousand eight, someone did hide underneath someone's car and try to rob them. Uh, Folklorist Jan Brunvin traced the first sightings of this legend to sometime in the 1950s to Northland Shopping Mall in Detroit. At various times, different cities uh, have been experiencing this slasher scare in which the villains of lore were rumored to be lurking under cars at local shopping centers. These are the lists that I came up with. I'm just going to run through it. It goes from 1978 to 1994. All different cities that all report this as a phenomenon a scare and a series okay. of reports. So Fargo, Chicago, Birmingham, Columbus, Tacoma, LA, Ashbury Park, Chicago again, Little Rock, and Wichita, and that was all in 1991. And then 92 to 94s, Jackson, Three Rivers, Tacoma again, Buffalo, and then Pittsburgh. Police departments in numerous locations uh, tried to squelch this rumor with varying degrees of success. So in 1991, When the tale was huge in Chicago, the police established a hotline to give those concerned about what they had heard a place to call and get facts. Within the first four days, 400 people called that number. Wow. Uh, It was also mentioned in a Dear Abby letter. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh my gosh. But I'm sure it's like, Dear Abby, I've got crabs. And she's like, damn. John Prine writes an excellent song called Dear Abby that you must listen to. All right, well, someone go buy his vinyl. 
Or don't. He's if you're a medieval fabulous. hipster, you can get it etched on stone. Dear Abby is like a people write to a newspaper column and they're like, I need help. But they never sign it like from Jacob. It's like uh, from it's like Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, like that kind from, of thing. From like Lonely crap. in London. You from know? Black Eyed Children. Medieval Margaret. Yeah. So in a true event, there actually was an assault that occurred involving a woman in Salt Lake City who was sexually assaulted at knife point by a man who had hidden beneath her car. In the Wait, end... Wait, so it did happen? Yeah, it did. I didn't couldn't find the date. What? Oh, in Salt Lake City? Yeah. Oh, well, check that off my list of places I want to go. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> it's very temporary <laughs> stay. So, I mean, obviously, this is very similar to a lot of other legends that we discuss. It has a woman in trouble... A male assailant. It's in, she's apparently helpless. started in it's, the 50s. It appears to kind of have functioned as a cautionary tale of women being targeted for robbery or sexual assault. But in the years from 78 to 94, it grew more to be about ruthless gang initiation. Inner city gang activity played a great role in um, like the nightly news broadcast during this time. And it seems that our legends, society's legends, change to reflect the current atmosphere in which we live. Mm-hmm. That's what I find so interesting about them, is that we're able to adapt our legends and our fears to fit into what is current in our environment. Mm-hmm. Like so, it used to be, she could either be assaulted or give up her purse? Yeah. I mean, according to you know what people think the earlier version meant mm-hmm. in the 50s, that it was like... Give up your stuff or give up your virtue, mm-hmm. if you will. Or now, now it's just, I'm in a gang, I'm going to destroy right. now you. Now it's about cutting off your fucking finger. And then making you afraid that I know where you live now. Correct. Because if you debo somebody's ID, then you don't need you know no Alexa to go get your murder up. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I got from my legendary. That's crazy. You know what's interesting, too? I thought about... That we both drew seven and three? That was fucking bananas. That was nuts. No, but about your story, is that... We've talked about a couple of these, like we said. They originated in the 50s. They've all revolved around women, like we said, and then either the male assailant or the male assailant with a male rescue. But I think also what we haven't touched on is that these women are doing very women things. Like, they're babysitting, they're shopping. You know, it's like, I can't be bothered because I'm texting or I'm holding all my shopping bags. I'm on the phone. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm not paying attention because I'm doing my womanly things. But yeah, and I think you touched on it in the one with the phone where it's like, he's threatening a teenage girl through her means of communication Mm. kind of thing. It's the same idea. Targeting a woman at a shopping mall. Yeah, it all revolves around these, like pastimes for women. I like that. That's a great point. And I think it's a great point to end on. Well, thank you. So, Creeps, if you have any recommendations, stories, or local legends that you would like to send our way, feel free to email us at urbancreepstories at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram. We post pictures of things we like, creepy things, memes, yeah, anything. We're Urban Creeps Podcast on Instagram. Check it out. Yeah, and with that being said, uh, as usual and as always, we appreciate you spending your time with us, and we will be coming back hopefully with another episode this week that will look at some local legends that we have received via the emails. The interwebs. So we just want to make sure that you know 
to take care of yourself and each other. Aww, I like that. And make sure to always keep on creeping on. Bye. Bye. Butterfinger Blizzard, but with a finger. Ooh, I do like a good Butterfinger Blizzard.